You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From January 26, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 22. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. I am the net, the net of Zebulun and his sons, James and John. I'm the net that was broken on that day, that day that that charismatic preacher, the rabbi, he was walking along the Sea of Galilee. I'm that net that was being mended by the capable and weathered hands of Zebedee and James and John. You see, I'm the net that provides for a a meager but stable lifestyle. I catch fish. I catch tilapia, catfish, herring. I'm pretty good at what I do. Hundreds, thousands, yeah, maybe even millions of fish. I'm pretty good. I catch fish. Fish enough for the family, some left over to sell. I'm a valuable part of the family. I'm the net. And when I break, I must be mended because I'm the one that catches the fish. And so they have to sit down and take time to mend and repair me. And they, Zebedee and James and John, they, they prune off the worn places on me and they tie strong knots with their hands. 
because I am the net. I have to work. And when they finish repairing me, they, they then throw me over the boat, and I catch the fish, and they pull me up. And as I'm getting older, I seem to, I seem to be breaking more often, but none of you know anything about that, do you? <laughs> and so they repair me. They throw me over the boat. I catch the fish. They pull me back up, rinse, and repeat. Six days a week, we don't fish on the Sabbath. So it's a pretty good life, and I enjoy Zebedee and his sons, James and John, often called the sons of thunder. They're fishermen, and so, you know, a little rough around the edges sometimes. I, I've heard more than my share of crude language and coarse jokes on the boat with Zebedee and James and John. Like, have you heard the one? Oh, wait. This is church. Most of what I hear on the boat isn't for your churchy ears, <clears throat> if you know what I mean. Well, that day on the boat, there comes this charismatic rabbi. And he, he, he's quite a figure, you know. He's very interesting. He has a, a way about him. And he says, repent, for the kingdom of he heaven has come near. Now, for your 21st century American ears, you may not know that repent means something a little to you than it did back in my, in my day in, in Greek. The, the word repent means literally to change the way you think, to change your perspective. And so it's, it's not like a street preacher saying, repent, stop cussing and drinking and watching R-rated movies. No, it's change the way you see things. So it could easily be translated, change your perspective because the kingdom of heaven is here. Which sounds pretty profound, but what do I know? I'm a dumb old net. I may be a dumb old net, but I know a few things. Like, I know this. Did you know that on Martin Luther's 95 theses that he tacked on the door at Wittenberg, that, that the very first one of the 95 theses was Martin Luther repeating Jesus' word here from Matthew chapter 4. Repent! Not just once, but, but continually, daily, every day, change your perspective so that you recognize that the kingdom of heaven has come. Well, back to the Sea of Galilee and there on the boat, and that charismatic rabbi is saying, repent, change your thinking because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's another thing your 21st century American ears may not pick up, and it's the fact that him using that word kingdom, oh, that was radical. That was Almost even treasonous. See, in first century Galilee, there was but one king, and you know his name, right? Caesar. And so for this rabbi to come around saying the kingdom of heaven is here, whoo, that's crazy. So this, this guy, this rabbi, he was, he was charismatic and a little more than edgy, you might say. He had two fellows with him that day. They're brothers. I'd seen them on the lake before. Simon and Andrew, I believe they were called. And it was curious, odd. I didn't think much about it at the time, but, but what were those boys doing with that rabbi instead of on the boat on a good fishing day? And, and where was their net? 
Surely they hadn't left their net behind. Anathema! No. There Jesus was, all his charisma with Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, and he looked out at the boat where I was with Zebedee and with James and with John, and he, and he called to the boys. And he, he beckoned them to come with him. And there I am, and in their hands, I'm, they're, they're mending me like they do. And James and John, they, they looked at each other. And they looked at their father, Zebedee, in the boat there. And they looked at me. And they took me, and they handed me to their father, and they got out of the boat, lickety-split, just like that, to follow that charismatic rabbi. I didn't see the boys much after that day. Zebedee and I continued to go out fishing. I still caught a lot of fish. Sometimes some of the other fishermen around would ask Zebedee about his sons, asking him how they were doing, and Zebedee would answer sort of wistfully that they're following the rabbi. They're learning from him. They're with, they're with Jesus. And I heard that they were with Jesus for the next three years, that they were even with him when he went down to Jerusalem that time that he was executed by the Romans. And they have a, a pretty interesting story to tell about that. After, after that Jesus fellow, after he was executed by the Romans, James and John, they say that they saw him again, that he rose after three days, and that he appeared to more than 500 people, including James and John. And if he were with you today, if, he, if they were here, if James and John were here with me today, they would tell you about their three years with Jesus, about how they heard him deliver this sermon on the mount and how they saw him feed 5,000 plus people with nothing more than a few fish and, and loaves and how they saw him walk on water and how they went up on a mountain with him and saw him transformed into radiant light and how he was crucified and rose again, and, and then the Holy Spirit, something called the Holy Spirit, fell on them, giving them courage and strength and power to tell the story. And that's what they're doing now, 2,000 years later, with you. Do you realize how remarkable it is that 2,000 years later, you're, you're hearing from James and from John, you know their name. They're just fishermen. They weren't rich or famous or powerful. They hadn't appeared on Dr. Oz or Tyra. They weren't preachers or prophets or politicians or pundits or poets. They were fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. And I didn't really understand it that day that they put me in Zebedee's arms and got out of the boat. But I, I get it now. I get why they did it. And so today I stand before you. I'm not really Zebedee's net. 
I'm not James's net, and I'm not John's net. I'm, I'm your net. I'm whatever it is that you're holding on to that's keeping you from following Christ more fully. I don't know what I am or what I represent to you. I don't know what I am that that may be keeping you from living more fully into the man or the woman that Christ is calling you to be. I don't know what it is you need to cast off. Maybe it's your assumptions or your doubt. Maybe it's your fears or your ambitions, your desires. Maybe it's your false self or your judgments. Maybe it's your codependency that you call love. (laughs) Maybe it's your addictions or your low self-esteem or your routine or your resentments. I don't know what I am to you, but here's what I know. I know you've got to let me go in order to follow Christ with your whole heart. That Jesus fellow, he often liked to talk in paradox. You know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, these kind of riddles. And one paradox that he taught later on in the Gospel of Matthew is a thought that I'll leave with you today. He said, those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. You want to gain the world? You have to let go of that which you hold on to. You want a net gain? First comes the net loss. So, my friends, let go of your net and gain your life. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.